Hi, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast, where we share positive stories and suggestions about finding hope, resources, and connections to help us all get through hard times. I'm Karen Sullivan, a mom, an author, and a stage four cancer patient who's always looking around me for inspiration. I believe in surrounding myself with people and experiences that make me smile. And that's what I'm hoping to do for you today. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. I am so excited to introduce you to Stacy Lender, an entertainment marketing exec who has worked for iconic properties from the Rockettes to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Grinch on Broadway to the Observatory on top of One World Trade Center. She is also an accomplished author, a screenwriter, a playwright, and a mother of two. She's been seen in the New York Post, Star, OK, Women First, as well as on iHeartRadio, to name just a few. And her novel, City Mouse, made big news when it was on the hit TV show Modern Family for an episode. Having met Stacy almost 30 years ago at my very first job, Sesame Street Live, she became my first business mentor ever and is very special to me. Today, Stacy and I are going to talk about the roles that mentors play, not just in our work lives, but how they can be useful at every age and every stage in our lives. I know when we think of a mentor, we often think of someone who helps us navigate career and work, and that's true. It's also true that people all around us can serve as mentors for a moment or a milestone or even the long haul between our work worlds. Stacy, I am so excited to have you here today to have this conversation about the power of finding and connecting with people, creating a mentoring relationship that doesn't have to be just business, but can be, and who anybody who can help you during whatever season you're in in life. So thank you for being here. Hi, Karen. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. I want to jump in and I want to, I think I want to level set a little bit is I want to talk about what a mentor is because clearly people know in the business space, there are mentoring programs, whether they're in real life or they're digitally. It means more to us. A mentor, like I said, it could be, a, a, it doesn't have to be a structure, but it can be. So I wanted to get your definition a little bit to talk about being a mentor, having a mentor, and what it means to you. Okay. Well, I, first of all, I'm flattered and also thrilled because I think our story is a relationship that started off, you know, with a question, with an answer, and then has grown into this 30 year friendship. So um, we still do talk, I think, a lot about work and work things uh, th throughout our relationship. But again, it's gone much deeper than that over all this time. So I'm honored and thrilled to be talking about this. And it's really special, like you said, to for us to be together on the podcast, discussing ourselves and our experiences together. But, um, but to answer your question, I mean, a mentor, like its definition is an experienced and trusted advisor, but it's also, and part of that is it's someone who helps you grow and accomplish your goals. And so it, that can be work-related, um, and again, it, like us, it could start that way, but our goals change over time. Our goals, you know, our, our lives, our goals develop, grow. And I, I know I am a huge love of love. I love learning and I love experiencing new people and new things. And 
I think that a mentor, the word itself can be intimidating perhaps because there's a responsibility in you're helping someone, someone's helping you. But um, I love what you said before. It could be a mentor for a minute, a moment, and um, just having that um, capacity to say, hey, I'm looking for something new. I'm stuck. I want to learn something. It's about figuring out how to find the right person, the right people to help you achieve whatever that new goal is. Well, and I, I think, like you said, it it can be intimidating because in in the business world, they've done so much with it and it can take a lot of time. It also doesn't have to. And True. that we talk a lot in the corporate world about the informational interview. And mm -hmm. that while, you know, as, as you and I had a conversation the other day about your daughter going through the process of informational interviews, and obviously she's in her 20s, as we grow older and do new things, we can kind of use that to have an informational interview, to meet with, whether it's that one-on-one -on -one conversation that you have over the phone with somebody you call, maybe you go to a conference or an event where you, you meet somebody. I mean, we could open this up and, and discuss the many ways. And I do, I would like to jump in and do that. But first, I really want you to share a little bit because, you know, we met from Big Bird, but you've had a, a, you know, I call it, you're going to be like, no, 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 a highly acclaimed career. I have always looked up to the work you've done and, and how you've had your career, your job fit your life. Will you share a little bit with the listeners about your career and also talk about how you worked with mentors along the way with each of these stages? Well, thank you. It's very nice. And sure, I'd love to share a little bit about my story. Um, so as you mentioned, we started off with Big Bird promoting Sesame Street Live across the country in different markets. And then I moved back to New York, which is where I'm from, and um, worked for Nickelodeon and Radio City and Madison Square Garden um, and um, developed into an entertainment marketer, vice president of marketing at Radio City and Madison Square Garden. And while I had my two girls who are now 19 and 22, but at the time they were little and, you know, it was a challenge to, to manage everything. Um, but as moms do, I think I'm do more when I'm busier. And, um, and along the way, I had an idea um, for a for a novel. It came to me in my late 30s. Someone told me a story. I couldn't get it out of my head. And I think this is kind of a good first example of finding a mentor when you have something new that you want to do. I didn't know the first thing about writing a novel. I mean, I'd written marketing copy for the Rockettes, but that was about <laughs> it in terms of my publishing uh, career. And so, you know, when I had the idea, I thought, wow, I don't know how to do this, but it's something I want to do. So what did I do first? I called a friend who was a screenwriter and still is my friend, Kevin. I blame him for my novel. We like to joke around, but um, just to ask him, you know, tell me, it wasn't like, can you help me write this novel? Or to, it was, it wasn't asking a favor. It was genuinely curious. Tell me about what it means to be a writer. What do you do every day? How did you get into this? And we just talked again. He was an old friend, not someone I talked to all the time, but I knew that he had this expertise in this area, in this world of something that I wanted to try. And those 
moments don't lead anywhere sometimes, or sometimes they do. And his advice, again, his expert advice was great. It was take a class, learn how to do this from someone near to where you are. And and I did. And I took a class. Um, you know, it was 6:30s on Wednesdays. I remember I always made sure I had a babysitter or my husband would be home or a friend would watch the kids, but it was a commitment. And um, through that class, I found again mentors, people who would teach me how to write page by page every week. It took a long time. And actually, you know, kind of part two of this is after I got some chapters under my belt. Um, because it was top of mind, it was something new. I was talking to people about this new project that I was doing. Um, a friend from my daughter's elementary school said, oh, my friend is a writer and a teacher and she's here at the school. Her daughter's a little older. You should meet her. We met um, actually through a school auction and she uh, read 50 pages of my novel and Kaylee Jones became not only my mentor, someone who believed in me and my writing and helped me turn it from 50 pages into a fully fledged book, but she ended up through chance, through whatever you might call it, getting her own imprint. And she is my publisher for my book. I mean, again, meant getting out there, putting yourself out there, being vulnerable, saying, I need help with this thing. One thing leads to another, you put in the work and then your mentors, people who you meet along the way can help make your dreams real. Isn't that amazing? I think that when I was younger, the words that scared me were mentors and networking. It just felt so heavy and it felt like I had to go out and find that. I think as we go through, as you're exactly saying, these cycles in our life and you just start talking, having authentic conversations with people, you weren't like bragging, like I'm writing a book because as you will tell in the story, it wasn't something that just took you a year. It took you many years to do, but it was part of your journey. And so when you're talking to other moms at school, you're bringing it up and that's how you met her. And yeah. that's, you know, even when I, when I, I want to ask about a, a question that while your experience was, you knew Kevin, he was a friend. If somebody has this idea that they might, you know, write a, t you know, write a screenplay, whatever it might be, they may not have, not know anyone. What would you say to them? Like, how would they go about just starting the networking process to find just somebody to talk to and ask those authentic questions? Like, I'm thinking about this. I'm dreaming about this, but I really have no idea what it actually looks like. Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it is hard to get started, but it's funny. We, you just mentioned about my daughter graduated from Boston University in May. Yay. And uh, she was a TV and film major and graduated during the writer's strike, which <laughs> thankfully, and the actor's strike, which is now over. But it's funny, some of the same things and advice I gave to her in conversations I had with her about, okay, let's make a list. You know, and I think making like a physical list, getting an actual, whether it's on Excel or on your notes on your phone or just pen and paper, like let's go old school and just thinking about in the world, who do you know? And um, yes, it's true that this happened to be my friend Kevin was an actual screenwriter, like a professional in the industry. And that was very lucky. But I think also it's just list of friends, family, and, you know, 
in the most unlikely places, I do really feel that when you put out something into the world and you start to talk about it, it feeds off of the idea. I mean, the, the idea grows or the need for wanting to connect grows. And people, I do think more often than not, do want to help. And if you are asking for help and you know, with with my daughter, we're making the list. And on the list, of course, is my brother, her uncle, Matt, who lives out in Colorado and, you know, works in advertising, maybe a little adjacent, but not, you know, direct into TV. Hey, Matt, who do you know? I'm looking to network. I want to get into this industry. And he thought about his list. So I think that's another step. Like, even if it's your uncle, your friend, maybe someone who you went to college with or a professor from college, it could be 30 years ago or 20 years ago, people who just even the the list of people who you may not know directly, the indirect connections when you're looking for help, not for help, again, yes, finding a job, okay, it's a direct thing, I want to find a job, but that wasn't her question. The question was, I want to talk to people in the industry who can tell me their stories about how they got to where they are. She knew that most people wouldn't have a job for her. You know, everybody was on strike, nothing was going on. But again, talking to people, asking to just hear their stories. How did you get to where you are? And I'm happy to say that led one of his friends from camp from 30 years ago, works in the TV industry and reality TV, and she's now working for him. I mean, that's a great story. It took several months, again, of talking to lots of people and lots of people, conversations weren't so good, but it's a process. And so I do think the advice of just making a list of your friends, make, you know, yeah, looking on LinkedIn or any other online resources, making cold calls, cold emails, you never know, but um, certainly start with your your circle. Well, and I love how you're having her or you had her create a list. The interesting thing is there are tools out there that that you can do a little bit of legwork on your own. Like with LinkedIn, I can look at my contacts and who they know. So right. if you feel stuck, like you can go to your list. And sometimes when I go to my LinkedIn list, it would help me brainstorm other people that I forgot that may not be on there. And so I think that whatever you're looking to do next, if it's changing a job, if it's looking to start a new project or, you know, if you have like this idea and I want to go back to the book story because I know I hinted at it. This yeah. was an idea you had. If I remember correctly, cause I know you, you were coming back from a reunion in college and had had some conversation. Can you talk a little bit about the process there? Because it wasn't like you quit your job to write a book. Yeah, no, no. I did it. I like to say I did it in the edges. You did it in the edges. Okay, explain. Yeah. What does that mean? Oh, it's true. So I did have this idea. It was about um, moms who go away on weekends without their husbands, without their kids. And uh, someone who I didn't even know really well told me the story about her friends who all go away and everyone cheats on their husbands except for her. And I was like, what? That can't be true. Uh, but so we ended up you know, that stuck in my head. I don't know why of all the things in the world, that was where I want to go with writing my book, but it was intriguing. And so it, you know, I spoke with her more, learned more about the story, turned it into fiction, attached it to my own experience of thinking about moving from the city to the suburbs, ultimately 
personally choosing to stay in the city, but it was a process that a lot of people went through a lot of my friends. And so that's how the fictional account came to came to be or the idea that put, was put into my somehow in my brain and that I then worked on through these classes. But to your point of things taking a long time. So yes, I was still working full time. I was taking the class at night once a week, getting in writing pages, um, you know, when I could, or again, for me, a class was good because for all the other millions of things going on in the world, it just focused me and was like, okay, if I have pages due, I have to do them, even if it's the night before at 11 o'clock, you know, I'm going to bang something out. And um, so that process and structure really worked for me to get pay get pages written. Some people can sit there and just write all day or write, you know, Sunday mornings or get it in when they have to. But for me, uh, I'll just admit that I am externally motivated. <laughs> I wish I came from inside more to this day. I still struggle with it. But um but again, there are tools out there, like you just said, there's, in this case, the tool was the class for me and uh, and having assignments and pages do. So, um, so again, quick fast forward or not so quick, but it literally took five years for me to get from idea to um, having a finished manuscript, again, with the help of Kaylee and men my mentor along the way. And um, and then it took a year to find an agent, another year to find a publisher, and tons of rejections along that way. So, I mean, again, even when you think you're done or you think you have something, there were still other roadblocks to go through. But I just, you know, tried. I mean, you are one of the most positive people on the planet, I believe, and your words of encouragement, <laughs> I know, along the way, oh. were so helpful to just, you know, all you need is one person, one, one agent, one publisher, and I did eventually find those for all the no's that were out there. I, I, you know, it did happen. And, um, you know, not everybody's book gets published. And I do feel grateful for all the help and support um, that I had along that way. So, so yes, the book was published. It was now a few years ago. Um, and, uh, and I had so much fun with the actual publishing process as a marketer. It was just, I was like, no one's going to care about this except for me. We're going to have a party. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have fun. And you were so nice. We had a, uh, we had a book party at your house. Uh, and uh, We did. Well, I remember, I thought you were going to talk about the actual big, huge, uh, book event to kick it off where Kevin and I came at down Yards, when at Hudson, Hudson Yards first opened. Yes. That was so much fun. And I was like, what is this new place? That was fun. And we have a great picture of us that I love. And then, yeah, then you did a lot of like, you came out to, because your demo is obviously like me and my friends, oh, right? right? Like moms. And you, you did a lot of book clubs. And so, you know, all those grassroots things that you knew as a marketer that were important because we had, you know, 15, 20 women here that they bought the book, they read the book, we talked about it. We debated, like there are issues that come up in the book that are like, not everybody agrees, which is a good thing to discuss and, um, you know, helps us see new things, learn, and it's okay to disagree as well. But your group was pretty agreeable, I would say. Oh, well, uh, thank you. And I, I know <laughs> that that at least one of my friends, she bought the book for her friends when they were going on a girl's getaway weekend, right? Like it was, it, it seemed uh, on yeah. par. Not that her friends did that. I'm sure this friend of mine's friends didn't do that. But 
nonetheless. No, the point is to like, look, this, it all happened. I'm so proud of it. Honestly, I, I am thrilled that I wrote this book, that it was published, that people read it, that it sold all of those things. Um, and, um, but so I do believe like, if you have an idea for a book for, to just paint every day to do something creative, perhaps. I mean, yes, we talked about the job stuff. Of course, if you're looking for a new job and, and finding a mentor and people to help you along your journey, that is, you know, super important and maybe a little more structured. If you want to do something creative, it could be like, oh my God, how do I even do this? Like what? That's what I want is I want you to, to, you've said a few of them across the board, you know, obviously the classes and maybe we we start there is what are some tips for people? Because I think as for whatever the reason might be, maybe it's somebody is working a lot and needs just another avenue. Maybe they have an idea. Maybe their kids are getting a little older now and you don't need to have such close ties on them that you want something and you have this itch. So what would you, you know, how do people start yeah, I th- um so well again using my experience if you feel stuck if you have the itch you know you want to do something creative or even purpose driven to right. not even but even maybe even more yes, important right. right you want to volunteer or connect with people to help people do other things and frankly I mean a quick aside that you're you do that you are a mentor to so many people now with your cancer journey and helping people connect to resources that they didn't even that they didn't know about that, you know, here you, someone gets a diagnosis, they, they're overwhelmed, they don't know what to do. And you are that light for people. And oh, that the the guidance, you, you're someone who has experience and who has connections and advice, and you share that with people. And it really is so, so important. And really, I, I'm just in Thank awe you. of the work that you do. So Thank you. I, you know, for me, and I think, again, there are several different avenues we can go with this is when you have experience in anything, you have this opportunity if you want to do something with it. Now, by the way, like, you know, to all my friends out there who are touched by cancer, you don't have to do anything about it. You have to do, you're going to hear this, like, what's true to your heart? For me, I remember the first time I was diagnosed, I looked at my husband and I laughed and I said, well, now I know what I can speak about because I always wanted to be, call it a motivational speaker. I always, I love communicating. And so through, it's been 19 years since I was first diagnosed and it started, this was before Facebook was a big thing. This was before social media. It started out that Greenwich Hospital would give my name out to young cancer survivors. And that was how I would quote unquote mentor them through the experience of, listen, I'm young. I have cancer while my experience is different than yours. Okay. And it then has evolved through the years. The, the second time I was diagnosed, now it's with stage four. So while I can absolutely talk to years of being di- diagnosed early stage, now there's a new area I can cover too, and it's different. And there are a, a different subset of people that might be interested. But now we also have the internet. Although we had the internet back then, just not everybody had smartphones, right? Right, hey, right. And so I have found different ways to communicate. And, you know, it's funny me saying here, like, I'm a mentor. Uh, but you I, I, you know, we can use that word because I do. There are a lot of people through the years, whether it's the book or, you know, the podcast I, is the next evolution of happiness through hardship because the book is titled Happiness Through Hardship. And it's meant to be for people who are touched by cancer, caregivers, the patient themselves. 
Uh, so if you're out there and something has happened to you, there are ways to take, as, as you hear people say, that pain and make it purposeful. And it doesn't have to be even sharing your story. There's people who do plenty of work with other organizations that are already established. And, you know, I, I'll say in a different way that that is a route that one can go is if you're looking to do something, go and volunteer or work with with the area that you might want to do. If you want to start a foundation, if you want to, um, whatever it might be, you could start helping other people out that are doing it. So there, if you have no connections, you've met some people that can, like Stacy, you said, answer some of the questions yeah. you might have. It's so true. And and one of my, you asked for the tips and here we are giving tips, you know, in our conversation is it's about widening your world. You know, it's I certainly like about starting with your contacts, your friends, people, you know, and maybe you don't know a lot of people who have this, again, thing that you want to try or know anything about it. And you can ask them and they're friends of friends. That's a way to widen your world through the people, you know, but Part two, like you said, is to open yourself up, to show up, to volunteer, to um, to find new people. And and again, here we are. We're people who enjoy talking to people in real life, yes. whatever you know. And certainly, face to face to me is always the best. You know, again, my daughter is twenty two, feels a little differently. She's comfortable and you know feels maybe content uh, in a different way of talking to people virtually, like through Zoom or you know, other ways. My preference is always in real life. It gives me energy, the physical energy right. of interacting with people, but not everyone's like that. So, you know, choose the way that you'd like the best, um, but make your world bigger. Volunteer, meet new people, find a class, um, find a an organization, and I think that that puts you, it, it also is an active step. You are making an active step in the direction to scratch the itch, to learn whatever it is you want to learn, to connect with new people you want to connect with. And again, we talked, we started off talking about mentors. You can find that special relationship of someone who believes in you, who's going to be your cheerleader, who's going to be your advisor, who's going to gu help guide you. But in order to find that person, you need to take these steps to, you know, get out of your house, get out of your, right. out of your comfort zone, because learning something new can be uncomfortable. And you might meet people who aren't going to help you. And that's a little scary to think about. It's safer to be like, all right, I'm going to stay here. But again, if you have an idea for a book, if you have something to share from an experience you've had, there are all these ways to do it but you're going to have to be a little vulnerable and uncomfortable when you first ask for help. I'm sure there's some saying, and I mess up every saying about, you know, the growth is through the discomfort. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's true in so many areas, whether it's self-help, you know, you're, you got to do the work to improve yourself or it's trying, you know, new things. And again, I guess that could be called self-improvement in itself as well. But I, I love this, this, I mean, this whole conversation is so meaningful for me because I think back, I'm, I am, I love my career and I love, I, I want to say that like, I love where my life has taken me, even the roller coaster of it all. And so I think I want to, we've talked a lot about work. We've talked this, all this work, the, the, it, it's not so much work, the projects, the itch, the whatever, 
the passion might be, but I want to take a moment as, as we're winding down to talk about the personal too. I can't tell you how many times, especially in recent years, as you know, my first cancer diagnosis, I was a great patient. I did everything they told me to. I was young and they're amazing. My second cancer diagnosis really scared me even more so because it's stage four. And as you know, I did not know at that moment for a few months if I was going to live for four months or if I was going to live for four decades. The uncertainty, amount of uncertainty you still deal with every day. We all do, but particularly right. in this case, not knowing that. And I, I searched very hard at that time to find success stories, to find, and that's, I think when you are doing things in life, could be professional, that's where I think I got it from, and personal, you want the success story so you know there's hope. Absolutely. And I, that's how I, I call it stumbled. I was always into health and fitness. I always knew I needed to work out. I always knew I could probably eat better, but it was really this understanding of wellness, like this I'll use the word holistic, but I mean it in a way of like, of really being well. And through that journey, I found a lot of different mentors. And listen, when it's, it doesn't always have to be the person, you and I really like the personal touch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it can be the book. I will forever say that Chris Carr, if you heard of Crazy Sexy Cancer, that is Chris Carr. I was given her books from actually a mentor of mine from ESPN, Lori LeBas, who I love and I, I, I still, she's a very special place in my heart. She did yoga with Chris's mom and Chris is a pretty, she's still pretty big. And so she was kind of my first cancer mentor because she, I really wanted to learn more about wellness. And so I, I so while we never have met to this day, I take her along and her wise words along. And with that, I then started to reach out to other people. You know, the journalistic side of me would be like, I would want to interview my doctors and talk about nutrition. And by the way, they would say, ah, that's not really my beat. Go talk to so-and-so. And, -so. and it, it goes back to you saying, whether it's your work or it's your personal life, I became curious about my cancer. And that was my personal. But listen, my hardship largely in my life has been my cancer. Other people, we know they go through personal, you know, they can even be good, good things. To have that personal support in your life, I have to believe in most cases, especially when you pick the right people, right? Now, can you talk to us a little bit about the support of people in your personal life and, and those mentor-like relationships that can help in different facets? I mean... I will throw it back, and this might embarrass you, when you were in, that was it the cover story for the women's magazine where you did the <laughs> stroller strides or something? You can find, like, you had just had a baby, and wasn't that, I mean, it was a long time ago. It was probably with Avery, your oldest. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Women's World magazine. That was way before book, way before anything. I just was doing this jump rope workout, and someone asked the person if they knew of anyone who would want to do this. And I don't know what made me say yes, but that was very embarrassing. That was not, it's not a good look for me. Oh, stop. <laughs> it was adorable. It was adorable. But yeah. It's one of those things that did happen. And, uh, no, I think to your question about like support and personal support and personal mentors, like we all have different friends that we've made along the way. 
um, and their family members too, that um, we all are close to. And sometimes you, I always say like you have friends who maybe you don't talk to all the time, right? And then something comes up and you just know that that person has that, is the right person to talk to about whatever that thing is. Like ex they have the, again, going back to mentor, the expertise in that area. And look, friendship is different. I think it's um, maybe a mentor again, is, uh, has a little more structure around it in terms of a title. And again, like we said before, because it comes from the job world of someone mentoring you, helping, guiding you, but going back to like friendships and support and, um, and again, feeling vulnerable, like when that situation happened or, you know, even just again, having, I go back to like having a baby and yeah. having no idea what to do. <laughs> no one teaches you how to parent, how to deal with different hardships that come up with parenting and dealing with your kids. And, and again, you turn to other people who, you know, have had that expertise again, everyone's different and every situation's different, but still like how to deal with, with a teenager who, you know, doesn't call you and tell you where they're going at night and you're worried or different. I don't know, just, general day-to-day -day hardships that come up and you have your friends who you know that you call for those for those things to get you through. So, I mean, you and I have had a lot of that over the years. Um, and, you know, you just think about your other friends who you go to for, for certain things and not others. And that's okay. Like, right. it's okay to have friends that it's not, it's not about being transactional about it. It's just about knowing that they've had that life experience and can help guide you. So whether it's the friend who as in this case, you know, today, actually, I went for a walk this morning with my friend who is, we met through our kids, um, through summer camp stuff, but she's a writer and she writes YA books and she does editing and she's also a doctor. I mean, she's amazing. And so today we had a walk We we and we caught up about her writing and my writing. And again, just it was random. I haven't seen her in many months, but there you go. Like we talked about the hardships of me not being able to sit my ass in a chair and write this next book that I'm working on and what is holding me up. And meanwhile, she's written three, four books since I've written my one. So there you go. Like again, different kind of hardship. Right. I love it. It's, it's to lean on the friends, the friends of a friends, a mentor. You don't have to be a full structured mentor to mentor somebody, right? And, and I think that's the message that we're trying to get out here is that no matter what you're going through in life, there are people there. There are platforms there too. I just love people, right? Like <laughs> I, I do believe there's a lot, you know, you can meet, there, there's a lot available online. And while I say just be cautious because you don't, if you don't know the person, you don't necessarily know. Um, on the same note, it is a great way you can meet people in a Facebook group and then you can have a side conversation yep. and then you could get to know them. They could be friends. When I started um, years ago, the blogging part of this business, there were a few mommy bloggers that I connected with and one that I still keep in touch with to this day. And we've met each other a few times. And so listen, there is just so much um, while you and I will still sit here and say we love the personal connection, as you said earlier, it isn't for everybody. And there is a way that you can meet people. Yeah. And interesting people. I mean, I'm taking a new class now for, you know, and trying to help me write this next novel. 
And, um, and in the class, again, in person, and this is how I had the idea to write a screenplay. I didn't know how to do that. This was a few years ago. I found another class because that seems to be my technique for finding, you know, ways to you get know, motivated. It yeah. And it worked. And, and again, friendships from that, I, I hang, you know, have become friends, writing friends, you know, category of friends uh, who are Emmy award winners and other people who are doing totally other things who have nothing to do with writing. And again, my world is bigger. I enjoy it. I am an extrovert like you are. And we enjoy meeting people and getting energy and ideas by when we can being in person with them and learning. It goes back to learning. And again, from before, I'm a lifelong learner. I really enjoy just learning, reading, finding out new things, but I really enjoy it most when I'm with others. Well, thank you, Stacy. This has been amazing, and you know, you and I could just like do the Karen and Stacy show. In fact, maybe yeah, we can have idea. like yeah, yeah, we could have like an eight-hour marathon podcast, like the longest podcast ever. Right? Binge watch <laughs> us on on Netflix. Although we'd have to have a little. I don't know if my outfit would work for that, but yeah, we'll have to do a little consulting on both of us for upping our little uh, morning fashion game. But it, anyway. Well, that's our, next, that's our next project we'll have to discuss when we're done. To come full circle with that when we're talking fashion, if we want to talk fashion, you know, remember Laura McCarthy from Sesame Street Live. Oh, of course. She, you know, she went on and she always loved fashion. I brought her on the podcast twice to talk about fashion and joy and all that. So uh, I, I want to wrap it up by talking about gratitude as, as I sit here and I'm I've done some work with Laura in in her fashion world, and it's been really fun. It's been really, really fun. So I am definitely grateful for that friendship of a mentor. She was the one who actually first interviewed me at Sesame Street Live. So we are truly full circle in this conversation. But as you know, and as the listeners know, and if you're new to me, I wanted to let, let you know that I end each podcast episode talking about gratitude, and we play what's called the Grateful Game. This is a game that my son and I created when he was nine. He's now 15, so we play it differently. But I found that in life, when I'd have a really hard day, I know sometimes it's just hard to put one foot in front of the other. When I started to have a mindful practice, which for me was talking about gratitude, I then started to look each day to day. So it started when we were nine. I brought home a gratitude journal, brought it in bed with my son. The light was on. We stayed up talking. And I always say it's probably because Kyle just didn't want to go to sleep. He was nine years old. He wanted to keep me up. What happened was that didn't work because it took too long. The light was on. We made it work for us. So we shut the light. We didn't use the book. Each night, we gave ourselves two minutes where we would compete with each other because he was a nine-year-old boy talking mm -hmm. about what we were grateful for and why. Mm -hmm. Now, through the years, it's changed a little bit. And now, you know, I don't sit in bed with him and, and, and time him for two minutes. But maybe at dinner, I'll be like, okay, everybody, let's, let's just talk about what we're grateful and why today. Or maybe in the car, I'm like, okay, before you get out, just tell me something you were grateful for in today's day. Oh, that's now, so great. I love that. When we were doing it regularly, I found that I was looking throughout my day to find good things that I was grateful for. And as I was saying before, when I'd have a really hard day, now did this cure my cancer? No, of course it didn't. But when I was looking through the world to find little things that made me smile, 
it really did bring a moment of joy. And that's why I like to end this this podcast episode. I mean, this was pretty light and this was fun. Sometimes we're talking hardship and it's not, it's it brings up a lot of different, you know, a little bit of darkness here and there. And I'm just trying to share with the rest of the world a tip of something that's worked for me during my hard times. And that is having this mindful practice called gratitude. And so before we end, we don't need to do the two minutes of, I'm grateful for this, I'm grateful for that. I win, you lose doesn't have to be about the game. I just want to hear what is something that you are grateful for today and why? Mm, so many things. Um, well, the first that pops to mind, maybe full circle for our, our podcast today, is I am grateful for Stephanie Vinji Walsh. Oh, I am too. friend who introduced us on uh, an escalator. On the escalator. <laughs> And um, someone who we both are still in touch with today. And uh, again, one of those friends who, um, so I'm grateful for her, uh, for introducing us, for being a friend and keeping the three of us connected yeah. along our our lives. So I'm grateful for Stephanie this morning. And I, I am so grateful for her too. And you guys are both in different ways. The three of us have never, since that day, I don't think the three of us have been together at the same time. We tried. We're going to, we're going to change that. We'll make that, we'll make that happen. (laughs) That'll be a goal. So, but I, you know, she is a great example of when we're sitting here talking of mentors that she connected me to you to start that business mentorship with the job. When I had Kyle, you know, you guys were both there. When I was trying to plan my 50th birthday celebration, I know she loves to travel. And so while we really hadn't talked in a long time, like I know Stephanie travels. I know she likes to travel the way I aspire to travel. And so <laughs> and so I reached out to her and now we're back more in touch. So, um, so I agree. I am grateful for her. And I am so, so grateful. Thank you, Stacey, for being here today for sharing your wisdom, for having a little bit, or I should probably say a lot of fun with me. And to the listeners, I hope that you have enjoyed this conversation. Maybe it's um, given you some information that's going to help you walk towards something you want to do, or maybe it's just provided some insight that you can share with someone else. All I'm, I'm wishing for here is that with this podcast, with Happiness Through Hardship, that you are able to take this information and help with whatever journey that you were going through in life. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Karen. You are amazing. What you do is amazing. And um, thanks. And bye, bye, bye for now, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Wishing you lots of happiness and great health. One more thing. I would be so grateful if you'd take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm sending you lots of happiness and great health.